This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hmm. It's been a week, hasn't it? <laughs> wow. You know, the Lord says, blessed are the children, for they are so small and such little short kings. He said that in the Bible. (laughs) And we want to bless the children today. Yeah. Running around, so small, not able to reach things. Yeah. Not able to get stuff on a high shelf. Can't get on a roller coaster. Doing dances on TikTok, because that's where the children are. Yeah. And they can't get on roller coaster. No, that's a really good point. It's really sad. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to go around. Caroline, you can help us up in prayer. Uh, anyone else who feels led to pray can jump in whenever they need, and, and I'll close this out. And let's just, let's just sing of the children tonight. Will somebody please sing of the children? Let's do that tonight. This prayer is going out to all the little ones that, that can't clear maybe three foot, five inches. That's a child size, I think. Yeah. Um, and we're thinking of you. We love you. We see you. We hear you. We don't listen, but we hear. Um, Not loud enough. <laughs> I want to also send a prayer out to those who are uncles and aunts mm. um, that they would find it in their hearts to be so cool, so interesting, so special to all those little 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 shorties out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would be bonded um, to a degree of closeness and reliability that the aunt or uncle would prefer. Right. <laughs> but provide sort of a second parentage, you know, when when uh, moms or dads or parents can't be there in the way they need to. Mm-hmm. These aunts and uncles could step in. Uh, so I, I send that prayer out for those people tonight. Yes, we pray for the aunties and uncles out there. We pray, for example, if there's an uncle that maybe hasn't seen all of his nieces and nephews in over four years. Certainly. And there's certain, maybe there's a niece he hasn't even met yet. Yeah. And is very scared that when he meets her, that she'll like start crying because he looks scary or something. We we pray for that, that hypothetical uncle yeah. that might be out there. She'll be like, when, when, who's this? And I'll be He's like, loud. And he'll be like, uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> like, sorry, do you love me? Do you me? like ukulele? <laughs> do, do you like ukulele? <laughs> do you like Bruce Springsteen? Tell you about the boss. Yes, and if anyone else in the room feels led to pray right now and pray for the children, may they just speak now in boldness and faith. I just feel convicted right now that um, my brother in Christ had, you know, and I forgive him for this, but he pivoted the prayer back to adults. And and that is something that we do so 
often Mm. when we discuss children. I pray right now for all the children with paint on their hands who are being yelled at for just painting a wall. Mm. No one wants white walls. Children have vision. They deserve better. Wow. Yeah. And children, Lord, we know that children can behold all the beautiful imperfections of life, that nothing is just all pure white, that there's gray, that there's color, that there's stains from time to time. Mm. Sometimes there's really disgusting, smelly stains. Sometimes there's stains on the ceiling and you don't know how they they got there, there. but they did. did Lord, and we celebrate that. We want to honor that Amen. in all of its complexity <laughs> and mm, beauty, your Father. Plan. Mm. So we pray for that. We pray for the smelly little stainers out there. Yeah. May they keep staining on. Staining and, and stinking. Staining and stinking. It's for all these precious things. In Pod's <laughs> name we pray. Amen. Amen. And the tea is like yuck hard. Consider the source. Hey. God. I'm a fan of my mom. Fall collection. IKEA. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have Good Christian Fun. No, Caroline November is officially over. She is back. I know. We recorded two episodes without her. (laughs) And uh, it didn't work, as you could hear. Did you miss me? Uh, I did. Oh, not now. <laughs> so just then. Uh, Caroline, good to see you back. And How did it back feel? In God's country. How did it feel yeah. going without you? No, Caroline, no. It felt like something was missing. It, it felt like, you know. Uh, like shackles? <laughs> yeah, like restraints. <laughs> constraints of any sort. I did at one point. I mean, you haven't heard it because the episode the episode hasn't come out. But I did say to Alyssa, no, you have to undermine me sexually. <laughs> And she did attempt to do so. Oh, I can't wait to hear. I feel like she would be pretty skilled. Uh, But it's good to have you back after two episodes without. Thanks for taking the reins. Of course. Yes. Caroline went to Belize, as they say, which was a euphemism for killing people and breaking bad. (laughs) So when she told me that, I was like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) We're taking it out. Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the music and the movies and the entertainment made for, made by... And sometimes just made about Christians, but we're not here to make fun of you or to make you go to church or to make you watch any movie you don't want to watch. Sometimes you can enjoy a podcast that's about a movie without (laughs) having seen the movie. I really want to emphasize that. You got to listen. You got to listen. You don't have to watch. (laughs) You don't have to watch. Because come on, it's easier to, you know, you like do dishes and listen to something. Watching is optional. Yeah. So uh, that's good Christian fun. And we're talking about the movie. Bless the child. Bless the child. Oh, bless the... Would you please bless Bless the child? Bless this mess. Bless this mess. And the mess (laughs) is The Child, a movie that came out in the year 2000. Uh, Caroline, what was the manner in which you watched this movie? Um, The manner was, you know, 11 (laughs) a.m. Sunday. Oh, yeah. With my husband. So nice. And then I had to stop, go watch... Or no, go to the art show mm-hmm. and then come back and finish the last 10 minutes. Oh, nice. So it was a wild ride. It was a little sandwich. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
We could talk about it, just you and I, but I think we could use some help to talk about it. So let's introduce our very special guest, friends and folks. She's a podcaster and author. You can listen to her God is Gray podcast or read her book, On Her Knees, Memoir of a Prayerful Jezebel. Give it the hell up for Brenda Marie Davies. Hi, baby. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. Dang, thank you for this introduction. Dang. And as far as the int- if you had to rank the introductions you've gotten in your life and you've been on other shows, where, where would this come in? Where would this rank? We're giving it a solid seven and a half. Like, I could have used more compliments. Seven and a half. Maybe. a little lower than uh, I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, Amy Grant said it was the best one she'd gotten in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, you think you're better than Amy Grant? <laughs> she yeah, did qualify. No. <laughs> I did get a better one 10 years ago. But since then, this is the best one I've gotten. And so, okay, more compliments and the... She's I'm kidding. No, it was, no, please. It was glorious. beautiful. No. Oh, no, no. I changed it to a nine and a half. Okay. Wow. Okay. okay. Sweet. Yeah. See, this is all you got to do. It's just you put a whiff of desperation <laughs> on it. Yeah. Two points. Oh, gosh, Brenda. Well, we're so happy to have you here today on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having and me. And doing it. Are you, what's the mood today? What's the vibe? What, what are we coming in with? What do we want to leave with? You know what I mean? Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to tell you my vibe is Please. lifting my child and like threw out my back somehow. Yes. So, Man. you know, I want to pray for my back right now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> your neck, your back, <laughs> my, other stuff. And my craft. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Always. And the and Lord you... knows those unspoken. <laughs> <they are laughs> the unspoken. Lord hears those pains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Pivoting, you know, that again to the adult, though. Have you noticed that? Oh, wow. See? How do you think your child felt hurting your back? Mm. (laughs) In that moment. Recentering the narrative. (laughs) Thank you. Over and over again. That is crazy, though. I didn't think that was going to be part of the deal. What, back pain (laughs) as you age? Picking up your child. Oh. (laughs) I guess I thought you just get really strong, you know? Uh, yeah, you're supposed to. I know a lot of like women with like Madonna arms yeah. that have babies, <laughs> and mm-hmm. mine just gets bigger and bigger and taller and taller, and it just my body's just breaking Sometimes under the baby pressure. Baby outpaces oh, no. the muscle density that you have. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna need to go lift. I'm I guess. So sorry. And this yeah. is why maybe I shouldn't have children. You know, <laughs> because of the I'm not ready for the weight gains. You know. Yeah, for, Dexter for gain. like broke your wrist the other day. <laughs> yeah. Already, and he's been the same weight since I've had him. <laughs> I'm getting weaker. That's the thing, unfortunately. Oh, gracious. Well, we would love to know, uh, you know, in a concise sort of 30-minute dialogue and conversation, the whole deal, your history with faith and religion, the work you're doing on God is gray. How'd you grow up with it? How'd you grow up with faith? Okay. Well, I was brought up in a casually Catholic family, a sex silent household. So And I wanna I wanna make the distinction. You didn't talk about sex or when sex was had it was in complete silence. <laughs> I just need to know. You know, I couldn't tell you. Okay. It was it, like it could have been in complete si- <laughs> silence though. Cause yeah our bedrooms were all really close together. Like my parents, <laughs> me, my brother very close quarters. Yeah. We were probably all being silent if we were doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a lot of skill is what I'm hearing in the fam. That's called stealth mode. <laughs> um, no, it was not discussed. I always tell people that my extent of sex education was one class taught by an awkward and hot PE teacher Whoa. named Mr. Peretti. Awkward. Oh, <laughs> yes, awkward. 
Um, there were three. There was one pregnant girl in that class and then two girls who had already had children. Whoa. So that was because we started this sex ed when we were 17 years old. So mm. they were a little late little to late. letting us know. <laughs> uh, They're like, yeah, kids don't start having sex till 25, 28. Yeah. <laughs> and oh honestly, God. the only thing that made a lasting impression is I remember they – had us, they wanted us to dress Barbie dolls, but they had these goggles on that were mm-hmm. like made to uh, supposedly recreate inebriation visually. Mm-hmm. And it was like pivoting to like don't drink and drive. But that was the in my Barbies sex ed class. Beer goggles or whatever. <laughs> I, I think this is insane. This is nonsense. I know it is. <laughs> and I actually haven't told anyone this story until this moment. Um, but I, I just distinctly remember them being like, okay, sex, condom. I don't remember anyone showing us anything about how to use a condom or anything like that. And then it was just, they had a Barbie doll with like little clothes and her shoes and everything. And the challenge was to dress her with these goggles on. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what relevance it had. If anything, it feels like it has way more negative, strange implications now that we know that the world you know how the yeah. world is gone with I don't consent. see them <laughs> total blind spot are yeah, you wearing the goggles it. now oh my god wait, wait. Oh, the lesson so is complete you guys were wearing like I thought they had put tiny goggles on, on the a Barbie Barbies. Caroline no <laughs> it was like Barbie can't see like it's I'm so messed up I can't dress myself no that is kind of a deep message somewhere wow. okay that makes oh, a lot yeah. more sense. Anywho, okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. You're making me nervous that my story that my storytelling skills no, are waning. I'm just dumb. After this You're whole, doing great. Okay. <laughs> the pandemic's worry, been long. She's dumb. I'm, it's okay. Just assume that. Yeah. You're not dumb. <laughs> um, I feel like that would have also been a good opportunity to discuss consent, but I didn't even learn the word consent until probably three years ago. Oh, yeah. And enthusiastic consent probably two years ago. And in my late 30s right now. So it's it's sad. Okay. So that was my sex education. Plus one day my parents got really awkward and silent. And they were standing by the door and they were going on a date. I love your face right now. You look so uncomfortable. <laughs> um, they were going on a date and they're standing by the door with me and my brother. He was probably eight. So that would make me 9, 10, 11, 12. And my mom was like, um, we have a, a VHS in the, in the tape player. And while we're gone, we need you to just press play and watch what's in there. And um, we'll discuss it when we get home. And they like ran out the door. Mm. And me and my brother looked at each other and we're like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. Like, the- and it was Jim Carrey's The Mask. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's a danger to smoking sometimes. <laughs> Wow. Well, wow. Was in the VHS player. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, that would have awakened my bisexuality. That moment with Cameron Diaz with the red yeah. dress and coming out of the rain. Yeah, it's a lot. Oh, oh you're <laughs> noting the dog. And the dog, oh. Caroline. The dog put the mask on. <laughs> yeah, but what does that awaken? <laughs> what does that awaken? He had a face. Okay. Oh, okay. This is revealing. I don't like this. Dexter's <laughs> inching away from the couch. That's right fair. Now. Um, yeah. Uh, but it wasn't the mask. It was <laughs> it was a Catholic video about sex. 
No. Oh. I would like to see that, though. And okay. I haven't seen one of those. Um, it was a Oprah special oh. about STDs. So it was completely oh. out of context. It wasn't like Chlamydia. how. <laughs> exactly. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> oh my Who God. here has chlamydia? <laughs> you do, you do, you do, you do. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Yeah, but we knew it was about sex, but like, you know, we, it was not contextual. Mm -hmm. It really wouldn't have schooled us on anything relevant to help us, you know, enter into enthusiastic consent or the knowledge of sex, anything like that. And, and I don't know if you maybe at the time felt this way, but often as a kid when I heard about STDs, I was like, well, that's never going to happen to me. You know, that's just like out there. It sounds like war or crazy. something. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna go to war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, really? Even or though maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> that's not universal, but I was just like, oh, that's crazy. You know? <laughs> Well, I wasn't scared of them solely because I was going to save myself for marriage, which brings us to the next point of the story. So I was very fascinated by sex from a young age. Um, I tell people, too, I've been masturbating since I can remember. A lot of girls have. That's very normal. And so... I ended up going to this youth group. It was a born-again, non-denominational youth group mm-hmm. at a church that had, like, river or stream or, you know, rain. Lighthouse. River, stream, no, lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> Study fellowship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do very well know the name of this church. But, you know, they all usually have a water theme. Mm-hmm. That's yes. the toxic churches that will ruin your sexuality. Uh-huh. So they rain down um, uh, They rain pain. down shame. Yeah, shame and pain and fear. Um, so I ironically went to this youth group because I was such a nerd in high school and all of my friends were starting to make out with people and I was just having no luck. I was probably afraid of it really, but I was also just not getting any attention. So I go to this youth group that my friend invites me to because she's like, there's so many hotties there. And I was like, hell yeah. It's always good bait. It's good <laughs> common bait oh, for getting good. to church. It's like, oh, yeah. they're hot and they'll be nice to you. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. That's exactly what I said. And they were. So many hotties. My favorite hottie was John Adair. He had like crystal blue eyes. You could first swim and last in. name. Wow. Oh, yeah. I, I remember <laughs> him very well. And... I was also very, very in like intuitive about spirituality. I've always been very spiritual. I've always really, really cared about Jesus ever since I was a young person. And I still do have that just very earnest feeling that this is what I love and this is of importance in the spiritual realm. And that was kind of the basis that I was going off of. Horniness and an innate spirituality that was centered around Jesus for me. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I always say they hijacked my sexuality at that point. I describe it in my book as my sexuality being like a tree growing through cement. Because what they did was bring us in with all the earnest love that we had, all the naivete that we were all bringing in as young people, and told us that God cries when you masturbate. Cries? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. Yes. And it was very much like you don't want to hurt Jesus. You don't want to hurt God by doing these defiling acts to your body. Jesus must be nonstop. Yeah, he's in pain constantly. 
Exactly. <laughs> a lot of turkey. I hope he's hydrating. <laughs> it's like the old saying oh goes, God. when you grab a tissue, God's got to grab a tissue too. <laughs> a big Kleenex box in the sky. Damn, that's so cruel. Oh, man. That's yeah, so mean. it was brutal. And, um, you know, I think I'm sure people are well-versed on this podcast of purity culture and all of the things that came with that women's worth being in our virginity, in our ability to remain non-penetrated for a mm-hmm. certain number of time until we're uh, at an uh, at an altar in a white dress. Right. And it was also at the heyday of Joshua Harris's I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Oh, yeah. So that brought everything to another level. But all of that said, like sexuality, and I'm a sex educator now, was was always a point of fascination and I always wanted it. But at that time, because they told me, no, you have to repress this. You can't even think about wanting sex. That would make you That was impure. dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So you just have to completely like repress all of these natural developments and um, I ended up having a lot of like ravishment fantasies mm-hmm. because you end up thinking, oh, well, if it's not my fault, because even in my masturbatory life, I would be thinking at first, like, okay, um, we get married first earlier in the day, and then we're in the back <laughs> earlier <laughs> in the day, <laughs> scheduling it out hour by hour. <laughs> we have the father daughter dance, and there's the fa- mommy son dance. <laughs> But they're really quick. We Incredible get through send them. off. Yeah. yeah. The garter is being removed. It's very sexy. Centerpieces yeah. are gorgeous. <laughs> um, yes. And that became exhausting. And it ended up shifting into ravishment fantasy because it's kind of a way to just like skip through everything. A lot of religious and formerly religious women will have ravishment fantasies. I mean, a lot so of crazy. women have those. Yeah. But like especially uh, apparently statistically people in these repressive you know, places, which is also beautiful to me because sex is such an extraordinary, beautiful way to process trauma and truth versus fiction and a way to be really playful about toxic, toxic theology that you learned and stuff. So, I mean, it's been fun to explore those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Sex throughout will my life. find a way. <laughs> one way or another. That's Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Jerk. Jerk ass you know sick. <laughs> fuck. Jerk assic fuck. Is that what you're going to say? Wow. No. Is that a Sorry. real film? <laughs> yeah. Just give us like five minutes. Yeah, We're going to work on. this out. Emma, cut this part out. <laughs> More like jerk assic fuck. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the ravishment fantasy too is so fascinating. Because I think another part of it is like, um, like you, you, didn't, you couldn't even like defend yourself. Like it already just happened. And the man like overcame his normal like chivalrous ideas of like how to be a nice person to you or whatever too. So it's like. Yeah, it's very hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially if uh, Jeff Goldblum is the one ravishing. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, what if uh, I did? No, nah, I don't have it. I don't have a good Yum. one. <laughs> Ooh, it's like he's here in the room right now. <laughs> and just out of respect for sure. a large statistical number of people, very sadly, uh, the consent of whether or not you're being penetrated or not at a certain period of your life is not always in the hands of the person who owns that body. Right. A lot of people have suffered assault, especially in church settings where these predators have been able to go unnoticed and unaddressed for so long. Ravi Zacharias, like there's so many of them yeah. we find out. And that was happening in that church that I was in too. Oh, no. 
I found out about all these extramarital affairs. A friend of mine who was indoctrinated in purity culture, they, you know, it like upped its ante all of the time. In youth groups, she was developing more quickly than everybody else. So they kept telling her, wear bigger t-shirts, wear bigger clothes, stop swaying your hips so much. You're, mm. you're causing your brothers to stumble. All of that toxic bullshit. Mm-hmm. And um, and she ended up being assaulted by someone at the church and from what I understand, had internalized it as like, well, I took a part in this. His sin is also mm-hmm. something that I instigated, which that whole verse, cause a brother to stumble, you know, has reiterated that idea to many victims, unfortunately. Yeah. Especially when you're taught so many times that like women are the gatekeepers too of like the last stand of sexuality and having sex or whatever. Mm, totally. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of uh, traumatic, crazy situations. I still give credence to them teaching me that the Bible was accessible, that I was smart enough to read something like that. I I deepened my understanding of divinity in some really beautiful ways, but also it was like paired with this horrendous sexual ethic that was built on fear and shame, which is not a foundation for anything. So… Fast forward, I'm 22 years old. I am losing my mind because as I mentioned, I've been masturbating since I can remember. And I am just fiending. And I always make the comparison from anorexia because I was anorexic for about five years from like 19 to 24 and abstaining from sex. They began to feel really similar. And The interesting thing about that is that food is something nourishing that you absolutely need to survive. And sex doesn't hold that same weight for the individual. But sex is also essential in that if the entire planet stopped having sex, it would cause death as well. It would cause, you know, everything Mm -hmm. to stop. So I just like mentioning that to honor that there is importance to both and there is a biological reason that you fiend for both and you always have to be like projecting that energy in the right direction. But I was just told, shackle it up, ignore it, and this man will come along that you're going to love. A million orgasms on the beach, live happily ever after with your (laughs) Christian husband. (laughs) And um, at 22, I was, I started scouring through the Bible, trying to figure out, like, I was just like, okay, I just have to, I need more reason. This isn't enough reason for me to survive this theology because I am too horny to do this anymore. And even if I meet a guy tomorrow, it's going to take like two years of courtship (laughs) to even get to an altar. Scheduling it out, the timeline's very important. Yeah, the timing is a lot. That's such a funny thought too. I'm like, yeah, like let's say I did finally meet the one two years, you know, and premarital counseling and all of that. The the purchasing of a, uh, the renting of an apartment. (laughs) There's like so many things in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Excruciating. (laughs) So I was just like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I was going to a church in LA at the time and non-affirming, same toxic stuff. Uh, but very Been cool. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. All are welcome. Look at our strobe lights. By the way, you're going to hell mm-hmm. for many reasons. <laughs> yeah, not good. Um, but we were, me and friends of mine were very devoted to that place, put a lot of time and energy and effort and love into it. And I started asking a lot of people like, okay, so how did you save yourself for marriage or what really made that true for you? 
And I could not find anyone who saved themselves <laughs> from marriage. Oh, oh, interesting. Couldn't find one person. Of all these couples that I had admired and Whoa. put on a pedestal, they were like, well. Yeah. Was it like, well. <laughs> Define saved. This is uh, the term Nathan coined. Maybe the stumble brag where you're saying you're confessing a sin, but it's also sort of you bragging about oh. scoring in a way. This is very and, common in men's groups, too. Oh, it's like, I'm sure. my girlfriend and I, we messed up the other night. <laughs> you know, like that sort oh, of thing. Oh, my God. And all the other boys are like, we're going to need details in order <laughs> yeah, to pray to for pray you. better. Specifically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ew, I hate so that painful. so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so many. I call him Pastor Everyman in my book, like Pastor Scott, Jeff, John, Adam, would always be on stage with like at least a couple <laughs> tattoos. And they're all like, hey, like, you know, back when in high school, things just got crazy. And, you know, I stumbled. <laughs> I stumbled again and again and again and again. And, again. and you're like, okay, <laughs> okay. yeah. You've slayed yeah. a lot of pussy again. Yeah, it was always <laughs> the people, too, that were, like, talking about ABN or, no, absence to ATM all the time who are the ones who are like, but I have had sex already. You're like, well, easy for you to say. Mm-hmm. You 100%. Know? You already had the experience. Good for you. I'm One. sure it's not the same as doing it all the time, but still. Seriously. Yeah, it's 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 a whole thing. <laughs> so I was basically shocked and everyone was like, oh, but I wish I would have waited because my marriage would be so much better and we would be so much more unified, which is a part of toxic theology. Like you can never be perfect enough. Like mm. even if you abstained and waited with your current husband, if you quote messed up before, that's why you have marital problems now. That's what's causing trauma. That's why he's looking at porn. Like all of the things. And it's like, that is not why that's happening. It's because you guys are teaching how to have irrationally repressed, unnatural relationships with people Mm -hmm. uh, where you're just white knuckling it with a fear-based ethic and hoping that they're just going to cruise into a really healthy marriage. Are you insane? And why knuckling? Hurts in that context. <laughs> it really does in every way hard. imaginable. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the other part of it. It's like, yeah, you'll just read, you know, what's that one book like between the sheets or whatever. Sheet music. Sheet music. Thank you. And you'll oh. like mm-hmm. cruise into a totally cool, normal, healthy sex life when you've spent years, you know, not even allowing yourself to have a sexual thought without like shaming yourself or having to pray about it, you know? Yeah. And it was stunning for me when I learned about vaginismus. I remember I was mm. talking to a friend of mine and I I ended up, long story short, I did get married. I Well, maybe I have to go back because there's a couple more details there. But go on that, yeah. okay, vaginismus first. Uh, vaginismus is a condition where it, it's, it's stunning to me that it's actually – psychological. It's a response of a female's body to not being able to receive penetrative sex because of a lot of these things that sex is bad, you're dirty. And women will find that when they get married, even though supposedly they wore a white dress and said something in front of their friends, that doesn't necessarily negate the years, especially in the formative development, mental years of puberty, it doesn't negate the toxic things they were told about their bodies and their sexuality at that time. And their bodies will not physically be able to respond to penetrative sex. And it becomes very painful. You end up having to get um, 
I forget what they're called, but they're like things you can insert of larger and larger sizes to try to get your body used to it again. And this is what the church does, which is why, you know, I want to burn purity culture completely to the ground. Yeah. RIP, don't care. It's terrible. And and let alone like vaginismus aside and those really painful things, even just the ability to like be naked and be comfortable in mm. that can also mm. be really hard for like a lot of people in marriage too, you Expand know? Expand on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have more thoughts to say, but <laughs> but yeah, I think like uh, tied in with your body being a stumbling block for everybody and wanting to be attractive to your partner, but in these very narrow negotiated ways, you know, just my face, <laughs> you know, like nothing yeah. really, even though I know like you like my body. Um, but yeah, and then and then suddenly like being naked and being like a sexual body, which you weren't allowed to do before, is a really difficult transition too. And can also make sex really hard for I think a lot of like Christian married couples that like step into that all of a sudden. For sure. Right? Is that the context in which you formed your marriage or? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think that was totally the case with me, but okay. there are like little fragments of this, of mm-hmm. course, in my relationship and in many of like the women I've known in my life who I've grown up going to Christian church with and talking with them about all the sex problems they had after marriage that were mind-blowing to me. Right. And the amazing thing about that is people were privy to these situations. Like you would go to marriage counseling and that's the other thing. You'd be, the pastors of these toxic churches would be counseling people through this myriad of insane sexual dysfunction that they created in youth groups and then still like the cycle of insanity continue to preach that and then continue to walk those brand new couples through the same dysfunction. It's like, do you not see the pattern that's occurring? You're creating these problems. And then usually they would fall back on the woman. You're not being sexy enough. You're not offering your body enough when she wasn't sexually stimulated. Like, oh, dude, just go, uh, do the dishes and then she'll want to bang. And it's like, oh my God. And they never even talk about the clit or anything. Like, what are you guys doing? It's, I mean, it go on forever. But this is, I mean, obviously this is the, your core. I mean, it's obviously like your life's work and your passion and your purpose. Do you feel like for your experience of faith, does it feel like it's subservient in a way to like this ideology or do you feel like it's working in tandem to it, if that makes sense? Like, do you, do you think about God and your relationship to faith of like, okay, how can we preach to the world, Christian or not, better sexual health, better sexual ethics, enthusiastic consent, people's autonomy over their bodies? Like, like how, how do you process those things in relationship to faith? Yeah, so I see it as a fully integrated, fully embodied, mind, spirit, soul, connective idea, however you are expressing sexuality. And that could be with time with yourself, time with a partner, time with multiple partners, whatever it is, you are practicing sexual integrity. And I understand how... um, incomprehensible that could be to someone that is still wrapped in purity culture narratives. But really, if we look at the way Jesus moved through the world and the messages that God gives us in the Bible, it's all about 
really seeing the other, regardless of race, religion, creed, Jesus went out of his way to be like, I honor this person because they have a mago day. They have the image of God in them. And that's why I'll sit at the well with this woman. This is why I will be in the presence of lepers and touch them on a Saturday when you tell me I'm not allowed to. Like Jesus skirted all those norms to say that all of humanity has a mago day. So for me, sexual integrity is about knowing the Imago Dei in you and honoring that in the other person. And that doesn't necessarily have to include a faith practice, but for me, the huge pivot was that I had begun my YouTube channel, God is Gray, which is all about deconstructing toxic theology. And I didn't have that language at the time. I started before the words deconstruction or progressive Christian existed in my realm. I didn't even know anyone else that thought the same way as me. So that's been beautiful because it's created this beautiful community and so many people have emerged. And now I'm, I know that I'm not alone at all. But at the time I was just kind of dipping my toe in and I'd be like, this is why being gay is innocent. According to the 10 year journey I was on by myself, figuring this out. And my book on her knees, like outlines this whole story of me quote unquote, saving myself for marriage, which means saving penetrative PIV sex. And then having that all fall apart because I found out he cheated on me. I cheated in retaliation. And then I went on this whole long journey that I call a tramp age, which was, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. A tramp age. Good one. (laughs) Do you know, do you, are you familiar with the book Tramp for the Lord? Oh, uh, there's oh. A, there's a book by Corey Tin Boom and Jane Buckingham called Tramp for the Lord. And I have such a strong memory of seeing it in a library of a church that I was staying at <laughs> on a mission trip in 2002, the very first time I came out of Los Angeles. The, the book's image is burned in my brain because it's like this, you know, a woman in her 50s just smiling <laughs> on the cover. And it's like Tramp for the Tramp Lord. For, excuse me, sir. Is this book on sale? <laughs> <laughs> I have $5. No, it's a library. You don't have to pay for it. <laughs> oh, even better. Okay. <laughs> and oh, honestly, I'm on the so ground funny. day in and day out <laughs> doing oh this God, work. I'm soldier doing this work. the army. <laughs> Tramps. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Yeah, I really do the leg work. Okay. <laughs> and you don't skip leg work day. Yeah. <laughs> Never skip a leg day. <laughs> um. But it it was really beautiful because I have learned so much and I have so much more to learn about on this journey because with my YouTube channel, it was just me learning alongside of my community. And as they came, they would inform me of things that I was getting wrong or that I was missing. And it's it's grown out of that compassionate understanding of looking at other people, other perspectives, learning more. But while I had this channel, I was like, oh, all of a sudden I'm... I feel like I'm positioned as some sort of saint or something or some sort of leader of Christianity. And that was literally the last thing I wanted. It brought me so much anxiety. I was like, wait, does this mean I almost started thinking like, do I need to go to church every Sunday again? And and mm. should I save myself for marriage again? Like, is this what they're expecting from me? <laughs> I was having these crises. Like renew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I was just used to this group of people needing very specific behaviors from me. And I wasn't sure if they would accept me in my fullness. And the first person that I ever connected with that made me realize, oh, you're not alone, is an author named Linda K. Klein. Hell yeah. We've talked to her on this show. 
Oh, I haven't listened to that mm-hmm. one. Right. Oh, many I, years ago, but yeah. Yeah, she's cool. Great oh, you plug. should bring her back. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, Sequel. <laughs> yeah. So if you've read Pure, mm-hmm. have you read it? Okay. So in the very last chapter, she talks about having a fully embodied sexual experience. And she talks about how she always felt like I sometimes I don't know if I combined our stories together, but the way I remember it is that she was dividing herself, which It's fascinating to me because when I learned that Satan means the divider in the original text of the Bible, I was like, holy moly, every time you're dividing, if you're saying my flesh is dirty, but my spirit is -hmm. is good for God, if you're saying my gay son needs to leave the house, like whatever is recognizably separating you from other or separating your body from your spirit— is in the most literal translation satanic. It's so funny. <laughs> Cuz you can make an argument that like binary is satanic, you know, in terms of like gender, too. Oh, yeah. If you wanted. <laughs> well, okay. Although I wouldn't see that as division. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. see male and female divided, but I have realized like on my journey as well that non-binary people, I'm like, you know what? They're just imaging God even harder than the rest of us because God is sure, definitely yeah. non-binary. So, yeah, I think, well, my channel is called God is Gray because there's all this gray in the world. And I think all things can exist, but just staying in the binary, you're right. Saying men are like this, women are like this yeah, is like division. Yeah, like forceful dividing of right. you yeah, into that category. totally. Yes. Okay, yes, I'll back you up on that for sure. Um, so that really resonated with me hearing Linda's story because I realized I had gotten myself in sexually traumatic situations of these like, me too-ish, was it, uh, kind of moments because I was seriously dividing myself. I was saying, God, you stay outside of this bedroom mm-hmm. and I will bring in this defiled, gross piece of myself being my body. And then when I'm done with this disgusting act that you hate, I'll go back out and meet you in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't obviously that conscious of it, but later on I became acutely aware that that is why I had been in traumatic situations. Because if you feel worthless, how are you going to advocate for yourself when yeah. someone is doing something to your body that you don't want? I had an experience where someone who I know would have honored me if I knew how to advocate for myself was just treating my body sexually too rough for my taste, especially for someone that I had just met. I didn't feel safe in that kind of sexual dynamic with him. But instead of advocating and saying, hey, um, I actually don't want sex like this. Can we do it? I love Megan the Stallion's quote, don't fuck me like this, fuck me like that. Like, I want every woman to hear that, every person to hear that, because everyone should have a right without worrying about the other person's ego or feelings to say, don't fuck me like this, fuck me like that. Mm -hmm. Because it's your body. It matters. It's the vessel that houses your spirit. It's the way that Jesus moved through the world. Like how much more proof do you need that the body is worthy of honor than that if you believe in Jesus, that he was, it was God housed in a body. So in this one situation, I had completely I had my very first out-of-body experience, and I remember like hovering above the bed and and watching these things happen to my body. And I left so ashamed and so dismayed, and I told it as as a story that was like humorous for a really long time because I have a comedic lean, and it was very humiliating. I had been in a fashion show the night before, and I was wearing like tiny shorts, and I had huge Dolly Parton hair and black (laughs) eye makeup. Mm -hmm. And I was just like going outside in New York, like hailing a cab, like, oh my God, this is (laughs) the lowest. 
But I definitely, in retrospect, had to change that into something funny because I wasn't processing that something traumatic had happened to my body. Mm -hmm. And um, and that, again, is satanic. That's not sexual integrity. So all of my work since then has been about this unity. And I very first practiced that by after this whole tramp page, which is a myriad of things. Like, I would also love to talk about, holy shit, the amazing sex that I've had in that exploration. But sex in my life now is infinitely better than I've ever had in my life because I'm practicing enthusiastic consent, autonomy, mm. all of these other things. And all of you is there. And you know? all of me is there. Mm -hmm. And that first moment was I was about to walk in the room with a fuckboy that I knew was not going to call me back. I knew he was an idiot. Like, I knew it. And, and, and usually that would be my cue to separate. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just horny. I'm desiring sex from this person. And I already know that I've made up my mind to do this. So God, get in here with me. And that was just like in my head because theoretically God is always with you and in you and a part of you. Mm. But it was important for me to make that disclaimer and to lay in that bed and be with this person and experience that full embodied thing. And then when he left, instead of being like, God, get back in here, I was like, oh, you're already with me. And this, the questions that prompted inside of me were like, how was that? Did you enjoy that? Is it uncomfortable for you that he's never going to call you again? Do you feel like, because he like lied to me to get me in bed and I played dumb, like I believed him. Like, yeah. you know, do you want to play dumb? Is that how you want to have sexual experiences? And it was a, a beautiful conversation that I perceived was between me and divinity, my highest self. And um, I haven't, knock on wood, gotten into a situation like that again mm. because… I now know what it is to have fully embodied sex and I want to stay there. No judgment to anyone who can't do it. It's a journey. It's a process. Yeah. And usually the way people think about that too is in maybe a synonymous term just in the sense of being present Yeah. in the sexual experience. And whether it's present with a partner, present with – whether it's a long-term partner or a new partner or a, a stranger, that's usually the delineating factor for people of like – Oh, not even necessarily how long did it last or how many times, blah, blah, blah. But it's usually like, how present were you and mm. was the other person in the act? So that's like such a, a cool, like elevated vocabulary that's so much more encompassing to the thing that people can already like clue in on too mm -hmm. about their sexual experiences. Totally. Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, how many people too, when they would share their testimony about how they used to be so. Oh no, the cops are coming for us because we <laughs> talked about sex. Oh no. Right. Oh. Me. The purity police. <laughs> Take me to jail. The purity popo. <laughs> oh no. Um, but when people would uh, give testimony and they would talk about, you know, if they used to have sex or used to have drugs or whatever and say like, they'd probably say things like that was a different person, you know, and they would almost divide yeah, themselves yeah, from yeah, yeah, that's true. the person who did that is not the person I am now because mm -hmm. I am with God and I've been transformed and everything. And you talking about that experience reminded me of that, of how many people, uh, yeah, like bifurcated their personality almost and was like, I was this kind of person then. I don't even know them anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, but you were there. Like that is, you lived through that. Those are your memories too, you know? And even if you wouldn't make those same choices anymore, it it doesn't feel kind to say to your younger self or or embodied to say like that was a different person and I don't know them, you know? 
Totally. And if you don't think that's going to like lead into more projecting of, oh, the person I was even yesterday was awful. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's such a vicious cycle. And you're so scared if you see even any other vestige of the old person, you mm. know, that you like now are tr- like quartering yourself, you know, in all yeah. these other ways, too. Well, we talked about that kind of corny ass metaphor about like you're driving the car and all the versions of you that you think you've been are still in the car at the same time. Mm-hmm. Even if you have like different ideologies, different beliefs and value systems. And there is like legitimate change, whether through therapy or relationship, but it's all still a part of you. And it's all still in that same infrastructure of who you are. You can't dismiss it completely. Yeah. Those were the choices you would have made Mm -hmm. when you were you at that time. Yeah. It's still you. Yeah. And you should honor that. And also that's about like um, inner child work too. I love when people do inner child work because – you can have so much disdain and hatred for even getting yourself in traumatizing situations, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And then when you embody that a bit and look back at it and just honor the person that you were and be like, no, it wasn't your fault mm-hmm. if this horribly traumatic thing happened. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if your pastor told you you swayed your hips too much. It was not your fault. And it was usually my pastor telling that to, to me. <laughs> I swayed my hips too much, During your human videos. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is He's really interfering with the stuff. message. Yeah. <laughs> You're a sinner in the sketch, but not that sinful. <laughs> Fortunately. Oh, dang. Yeah. yeah. And the body remembers, too. Like, the body keeps score, as they say. And you can't just dismiss that that's a part of yeah. you. It matters. Only yeah. your sexy swaying hips. Mm-hmm. Right? How do you define faith for yourself now, today, in 2021? Mm. Faith, I feel like almost is a really Reductive hard word. term. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know how to answer that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Faith. I don't know. Because faith is like, faith, I feel like, had been reduced to like, good things are going to happen to me if I'm a good person. Yeah. Like, and life has shown me like that that is not machine. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like the prosperity doctrine, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. That's not necessarily true. And also, when God made the world, he said it is good. There's an implication that all things are good, which I also know is a hard thing to hear because really traumatizing, terrible things happen to us here on Mm -hmm. this crazy planet. And it's it doesn't feel all good. Mm -mm. The only way to make it good is to process and learn and heal. But I don't know. Faith, you know, I wouldn't say faith is me being like, oh, I believe that good things are going to happen to me. That's what it used to be. Do you have a better, more accurate definition of that word? Like if you got to make it now? Hmm. Dexter. (laughs) He has some thoughts on faith. (laughs) I know. Buddy. It'd be amazing if he was genuinely saying some like (laughs) really deep shit. Oh, he's barking in tongues? Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Okay, I got it. Faith, faith is in the belief for me that we are good, that we have goodness, that we're not birthed with this original sin, that our bodies aren't these toxic, disgusting, gross flesh machines, that we are inherently good, and that we have an example of that because it lives within us. Every baby you meet is They're not inherently sinful. They're inherently good. They're pure. They're beautiful. I hate the word pure, though, too, because that's been so hijacked. But I mean, like, not defiled by shame, fear, and pain. Mm. Babies don't have an introduction to those three things until they get into this mess. And we all 
I believe have the potential to reject those three major negative emotions that invite us to like just hate ourselves and hate other people around us and lean to what Jesus said. It is all about love and also love of self, God, and humanity, like all in a circle. Mm. You're loving all of it. That is faith, faith in the goodness of love and the truth of love. Oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. I better end this part before we ruin it. Yeah. Uh, Say other stuff. Uh, Brenda, thank you so much for sharing all that and your story and your journey with that. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to talk about a movie. It's another edition of It's Wonderful, It's Marvelous. Good Lord. This is the segment on the show in which Caroline Ely talks about the MCU, a little baby. indie property called the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Caroline, take it away. Mickey Mouse's Eternals is out in theaters after months and months of me being haunted by fall collection Ikea. (laughs) While there were some bright spots like Selma (laughs) cupping someone's face with her hands with maternal love and Angelina's perfect waxen skin, there were also some dark spots like the ones I'm trying to treat with vitamin C serum. This is about to be a spoily zone, so get ready. What? (laughs) When I tried to remember the primary feeling I had during the movie, that feeling was just this. White 
knuckled, red-eyed concentration. Like, damn, I was fighting for my life in there trying to figure out what the heck that plot was. If I wanted to go to class for three hours, I would have attended my weekly Zoom lectures that I pay for and don't go to. I didn't study Greek mythology. I went to Christian school and I watched Homestar Runner instead. Now, I'm supposed to know what all that is, plus have an encyclopedic knowledge of the Marvel movies, all of which I have seen. No more homework. I'm an adult. But all of that is nothing. Compared to this movie's greatest sin, and that is dragging my sweet little oh, angel <laughs> of abstract artsy hotness, Harry Styles, into this mess. As if making him a quippy little superhero wasn't so bad, he has to have, he has to have a nasty little ugly CGI Ooh. Mr. Tumness following him around. <laughs> Tumness? I can't believe this. And I resent it the most because now I have to watch every single one of these online classes by Mickey Mouse for years to come because (laughs) watching my adorable little British smirking sexy sprite is something I am bound to do. Listen, I don't like being a hater. Life is much easier for me when I'm watching my little Marvel movies, eating my little popcorn, thinking my little thoughts. But I have a few scraps of (laughs) self-respect left. So I will rage tonight. Damn you, Mickey Mouse. Swan. Wow. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. It's been a while. It's been a while. One recalls the I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore speech from Patty Chayefsky's network. Uh, wow, right. I've not seen passion like Man. that in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it has to be worthy of <laughs> gracious Marvel things since then. I had nothing to say. Chloe, honey, what are you doing out there? What are wow. you doing? Hmm. She tried. It's Brenda, all right. thoughts? Eternals? <laughs> Harry Styles? Big fan. Angelina Jolie? <laughs> Love Harry Styles. Oh, man. Love his gender-bending fashion. Love sure. It. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Here come the PC Again, police. Okay. I can't talk about Harry Styles like that. <laughs> oh, a lot of cops in my can feel us lusting. Yeah, that was just wrong. Good Lord. Oh, but, very sad. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. sorry you didn't have a good experience with that movie. I, I haven't seen fine. it yet. So. <laughs> I had a good time. <laughs> I do love, because it does feel like culture is reaching a tippy point where it is like, yeah, Mickey Mouse has given us a lot of homework these days. <laughs> we do a lot of work. Uh-huh. Take notes. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be on the final. Huh? Yeah. They oh, was asking me, like, impression. oh, do you like those bonus scenes at the end? And I was like, honestly, because now it's like reminding me of someone who died but is like back to life. And I forgot they died even in the first place, you know? It's just Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what did he die? <laughs> Okay, wow. Well, pivoting from one spiritual property to another, let's dive into the topic. Oh my gosh, thank you, Steven. That was triggering. Yeah, did it trigger? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, your Christian media diet, were you just like all over it? Christian music and whatnot? Oh my gosh. I feel like my heart just dropped into my (laughs) vagina. Uh Wow. And not in a good way. Yeah, not in a good way. way. Not the way we were describing so eloquently in the first half. Yeah, not good. No, I'm actually pretty amazed at how triggered I am by like the hill song music. Mm -hmm. If I hear one bar, I'm like, (gasps) yeah, (laughs) like hands rise up. Sure, no, 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 no. no, no. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, who did you have any CCM crushes? By the way, like anyone that you high key, low key thought. 
No, I honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime they wanted. (laughs) No, I honestly uh, had a really strong uh, distaste for CCM. And I was always really excited. And this is a good segue for what we're talking about now. When anything in Christian culture found its way into mainstream. So I remember seeing Creed and Lighthouse, for example, and being like, this is it. The Lord is finally (laughs) infiltrating the darkness of Hollywood to spread Jesus' message. The Lord just need to create one good bop. That would be so bopping. It could transcend the boundaries. It is funny to think like God's just not a hit maker most of the time. Yeah, he's like, I can't do anything right. It's kind of Satan's thing. Yeah, he's salieri to, you know, secular music, Mozart. He gets a few every once in a while. That's so funny. I used yeah. to think too, I'm like, oh my God, can you guys stop telling people they're not allowed to listen to secular music because they really need to learn what good music they sounds to like know. to make the music better. We need please, improvements. Please. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. That validating feeling. I remember that as a kid, especially anytime any sort of celebrity that I enjoyed would talk about faith in the faintest they, like, of ways. They like thank God at the Oscars. Yeah, I like to thank God. <gasps> Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> meme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sign. It's I'll a sign. see you live in heaven. <laughs> Oh, gracious. Uh, but yes, the movie that we're talking about today, Bless the Child. Bless this mess. Bless this mess of a child. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness gracious. This is a 2000 movie. I guess you would call it a supernatural thriller. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess, right? It's like quasi-spiritual light horror, but I would say it's like a, it's a thriller, you know? Totally. Uh, you know, a, a woman who discovers that her adopted niece is being sought after by a satanic cult seeking to use her. It's based on a novel of the same name by Kathy Cash Spellman. Mm. Uh, we could watch a trailer for it just to like Hit it. refresh it and also to see just kind of how Something like this was marketed at the time, 21 years ago in the year 2000. And let's name drop Kim Basinger, Christina Ricci. We got some Holmes. hitters. Yeah. The God Jimmy Smith says FBI agent John Travis. Yeah. That's his character's <laughs> name. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's, here's the trailer for this film. Also, I should say, directed by a gentleman named. Uh, Oh, gosh. We'll see his name in a little bit. But it's the same director as The Mask. Oh, no circle. Diagnosis as well as I do. I used to think it was autism, too. But I'm not so sure anymore. That was a cringy moment. She's listening to something. Something we can't hear or see. It must be that poor bird. It flew into a window and broke its neck. I blame the lion king. Girl healed a dead bird. I think we found And the nuns were letting them play with a dead bird. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, just let him finish it. A pigeon nonetheless. Uh, yeah. For those just listening and not following along, the trailer is doing the true crime meme thing where it's the negative image. It was good. Jimmy Smith sexually walking around, schooling people. Dear God, please help me. We're going to get it back, Maggie. I promise you that. Eric's got this religion, only it's more like the opposite of religion. Uh, no, it's religion. It's the opposite of What does this have to do with Cody? She's the one they've been looking for all along. Plate work. She's going to lead people to God. Plate work. Join us, Cody. Stark is well protected. Are you saying you're scared of him? He'll bury you if you come after him. 
Wee! Wow. Promise to get her out of there. I'm not leaving here until I see Cody. There won't be a second chance here. Not for you, not for Cody. Oh my god. Seizure inducing, I'm Yeah, jeez. You have to choose. If you believe, jump. If not, you come to me. After you. <laughs> That's great. Oh my gosh. Bless the child. Chuck Russell, that was the director's name, who also did I'm Smoking Himself, The Mask. A very satanic movie. Demonic, if you ask me. I actually wasn't allowed to watch that movie because there was something like a little... Well, because he's super horny in it, so maybe well, yeah, that's, that's part probably of part it. of it. But I feel like it was something to do with like the occult, you know, it's part of the mask. Right? Because the mask is like, like is it voodoo? Evil. It's like a voodoo mask, perhaps. That might be yeah. it. Yeah, like it's just a, a non-Western religious thing. I remember oh, being really horny for the villain in the mask. Who was the villain in the mask? I don't know. The but dog. I always loved. I was always remains. horny for yeah. villains. <laughs> Huge of part of my problem. Yeah, we call that the Jafar syndrome. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. what the hell is that? Yeah, um, it's plagued me my whole life. Yeah, he also directed The Scorpion King, The Blob, Eraser. Okay, bless the child. Interesting. Okay, so what drew you to this movie? You saw this when you were a kid? Oh, you did. This was your experience? So, mm -hmm. in evangelical church when I was in high school, it was very... There's a couple things culturally that were happening that make this movie relevant to me. One of them was that... We were all told Jeremiah 29, 11, for God knows the plans he has for you, plans prosper you, give you hope and a future. And they really told us that whatever gifts we had, we were supposed to be elevated, a voice to the nations. Like mm -hmm. this prof prophecy belonged to every single individual person. Preferably being on staff at the church. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. If you could help it. Yeah, or getting some fame or clout and – which is funny because they could have not predicted Instagram and social media and everything, but it kind of came true that everyone has to feel super worthy of being a prophet to the nations. Like yeah. everyone had to be something. Uh, follow at Caroline's Farts for, you know, Follow at Kevin thoughts. T. Porter. I predict how much money <laughs> Eternals is going to make opening weekend. <laughs> <The B -O. laughs> yeah, but what am I saying? Before uh, I was oh, rudely the cultural things okay. that were going on. So it was Jeremiah. Yeah. And uh -huh. um, so with that, I was an actress. I was like the lead in all my school plays. Oh. So the narrative became you got to move to Hollywood to become famous for the Lord. For God. Yeah. yeah. Which has totally happened. I've saved all of Los Angeles True. and I'm a movie star. Yeah. True. Thank you for saving us, by the way. <laughs> I, I should LA have said that really when I met now. you. Yeah. yeah. Like it's so, it's so cool. It's really nice to be you're so Christian welcome. all the time. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, and there was like a kind of glut of similar sort of end of days, like supernatural thrillers at that time, like Stigmata, Lost Souls, literally end of days, the um, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah. Left Behind the come Gate. out. Well, Left Behind was like 2000. The movie was the like 2000, but yeah, the, uh -huh. the Kirky one. And then the, the books were a little bit before that. But there was a lot. I think you could probably tie it to Y2K mm. panic as well. Satanic totally. panic, though, was still like, 
riding high, I think. Uh, I know it was like not as 80s, much as the but 80s, in but yeah. My life, it was like still very much like a pressing issue we had to know about. It's like in Europe when they get an American artist yeah. like a decade later. It's yeah, like exactly. wherever you were living in we Southern California. Still working it's like, on it. Have you heard Dungeons and Dragons is making kids gay or whatever yeah, the exactly. narrative yes, was? Yes, yes, yeah. And Pokemon, of course. Yeah. And Harry, and Harry Potter. Yeah. Telezebi is yeah. super yeah. gracious. So you saw this yeah. when you were a, a child when it came out or, or later? No, in I your was life? like in high school. Okay. Because I quote unquote got saved at 12. So I'm, I was probably like 15 or something. And um, I don't know math. I, I don't want to figure it out. But um, no, this is 2000. So I would have been 17, I think. Oh. So I was like getting ready to move to LA to save the whole world by becoming a movie star, which is very similar to the plot of Chris Pratt's life. <laughs> yeah, um, sadly. Um, no, uh, Captain America World Police, the yeah. the South Park creators. Oh, Team America World Team Police. America. Oh, Captain America World like, Police. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Again, like, did I see that? I don't remember. Mickey's <laughs> like, oh, I've you did. <laughs> see it again. Damn it. <laughs> Um, yeah, but the plot of that movie for anyone who doesn't know is like an actor is going to save the world through his acting. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was going to do. So seeing movies like this, where it was very blatantly like Cody, the little girl was ordained by God to save the world. And that was the ordination that we were all given in evangelical church. So to see it played out with big time movie stars uh, by a director who's very notable in Hollywood was like, oh. <gasps> It's happening. The mm -hmm. prophecies are coming yeah, true. Yeah, like culture is changing into yeah. this direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also when uh, the cult leader in this movie holds up Cody, the little girl, and like puts her on the ledge and is like, "That this is it. Is it me or God, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like Jesus in the desert with Satan. But it's also like in that era when Columbine happened. That was like the first super wow, yes. major school shooting. Yes. And that was extremely traumatic. It was insane. But a part of that narrative that people have been talking about more too is that mm -hmm. supposedly, which is a very questionable story, one of the girls had a gun held to her head at Columbine and they said, do you believe in God or not? And she opted for yes and died birth, in the name of God. Yes. Cassie yeah. Bernal. It was apocryphal. It was a semi-hoax. It was a mm -hmm. conglomeration of another woman's story who lived and yes, but, uh, but they yeah. did not yeah. quite correct But was held up for all of us as like an example of like, these will be the stakes mm -hmm. for you as well. And you're I hope you're fucking die for, for your faith. Yeah, yeah the martyr like, yeah, disorder like, or whatever. Yeah, there were really, so many right? martyr books that we were yeah. reading too. And I was like, I mean, in processing all of this later too, now that I have a son, I'm like, dude, if anyone holds a weapon to you and says, if you answer this question yeah. one way or another, I'll kill you, please answer the question yeah, in a way whatever that saves they hear. your life. Yeah, I know. That's what I always thought. I was like, <laughs> wouldn't God want me to live like instead of like holding the line in that moment? No, you know? Christians love Fibs martyrdom. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, a little life-saving fib is fine. We love it. Yeah, I support <laughs> it. Everyone listening, please. Yes. I'm fib okay with it. Life for God. Yeah. Uh, this movie is available on HBO Max right now for yeah. anyone that does want to <laughs> the elites. 
stream it. Yes. Yeah, for the for the elites. Yeah. How do you mean? <laughs> I, Wait, I think it was like ex- the premium streaming. It service. is an expensive. It's up, uh, it's yeah, one of the one of the more pricey well, ones, right? Yes, but <laughs> you're on Caroline is on my account, <laughs> and that's why I'm one of the people. <laughs> my my username because there's the different profiles you can use, like on Netflix yeah. and, and things like that. My profile is Kevin. Hers yeah. is Fart Empire. Yes. That's hers. Uh-huh. Uh, my friends, my Anthony domain. and Julia, they're asshole friends. <laughs> or where are you asshole friends? No, uh, you're Fart Empire. Yeah. I had to, we had to create our own separate account because yeah. asshole friends was getting muddy with the algorithm. Yeah, there's yeah. too much in it. But and yes. people were watching my so, episodes. So to you, like HBO Max could be $15 a month. It could be 45 <laughs> How much could it be? Who, who could say? Yes. <laughs> but for anyone who's interested in watching it as a, as a late spooky season treat, you could if you want to, I guess. At the time that the movie came out, it was... Fairly ridiculed. It was a movie made for $65 million that made only $40 million at the it box took office. It's $65 million the, to make this? Isn't that so funny? Holy. Isn't that wild? Was it all the rats? Yeah, oh. well, the rats were union. A rat. so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. We're going to start breaking breaks. this industry. Yeah. <laughs> it was a whole... Crazy. Yeah. I was so confused by this movie, too, because um, it has a very, like, made made for Christians movie vibe. Yes. Yes. So and especially with the satanic panic stuff going on. Maybe that's also why it was delayed because it was the book probably came out like when that was more relevant Mm -hmm. and then the movie was finally made. But it's very much playing into like vague Satan cult. Like we don't really know what they do, but we know that they like to kill kids. You know, that kind of thing. And they wear like black leather and tank tops. Black leather and tank tops. (laughs) And they're also like all into like liking yourself. And then the, and scary um, redhead kids. Like, yes. redhead kids are... Present. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How did you feel to be to used yeah. as this trope of terror? Yeah. It hurts. It, it hurts. does hurt. Stereotypes hurt. You it know? does, yeah. <laughs> and hurt people uh, hurt people. Yeah. <laughs> people, thank you. And the other part of it that I thought was very, like, you know, for the Christian mainstream was all the angel stuff that was going sure. on as well. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if your guys' parents, especially your moms, were into this, but, like, moms love an angel story, you know, mm-hmm. where like a really, really <laughs> sexy angel appears right at the right moment, this helps out. Oiled up man, bare chested, blue collar working, <laughs> and then disappears, you know, mm-hmm. as, as soon as they are done, like helping you. How and can it's I only in retrospect, oh, yeah, that it was like, wait mm-hmm. a second, what was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which <laughs> happens like five times in this movie. Five times. So, so I was like, I mean, was this made like with for the Catholic Church, like in general, or. But then it was also crazy violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I think, Whoa. yeah, it's an interesting gambit. It kind of is the answer to the question that we've asked about some of the faith-based films that we've watched on the show, whether like pure flicks joints or otherwise of like, well, if you just went all the way with it. And I guess that's what <laughs> this would be. Where it's like, <laughs> yes. oh, if you showed like actual violence and even if, yes, the cult, as you mentioned, is this hodgepodge of Basically, like a bored dad in Iowa's idea of like, I guess they'd wear leather coats. And Big city. They hate. They'd want to put kids in their van and like. Yeah. It, it, it feels so. I mean, you know, it's probably hacked to even say this, but it's like, it, it feels so QAnon. You know, it feels oh, yeah. so. Oh yeah. Even just the mix of like occult symbols, like they were mm-hmm. talking about the druids at one point, and then some old like satanic biblical reference at another point, like. Like Satanists also just like pick and choose from various like regions on what their rituals are going to be. I thought that was funny. Yeah. And uh, no, I knew nothing about it before uh, watching it this You're week. You're welcome. Thank you. No, thank you. No, we did text about how, how life-changing this was for me. 
But uh, yeah, the honor to be a part of the community, <laughs> the child community. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think from the cover art and remembering some of the marketing as a kid, I was like, oh, it's like a little fucked up girl that's going to mess yeah. people's lives up. In the trailer we just watched, like, yeah. that's the last shot. she was bad. She's like, you first. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's a, oh. it's a reverse omen mm-hmm. in that the omen being a, a horror movie or a series of horror movies where it's the spawn of Satan or Satan himself and it's like a creepy little kid. This is, what if the creepy little kid was good and nice and then people <laughs> yes. wanted to turn her into the little omen the boy. World. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that but yeah it does like a strong it, it likes a strong theology outside of like satan and god are real and good and evil are at play um and then the way like the supernatural works there's almost like a you know how in chicago when they would do the musical numbers in the movie version from 2002 yes. they could all be written off as dream sequences because they would cut to the musical yeah, number <laughs> and then they'd like because it zooms into roxy's eye and it's like oh she's kind of like imagining that's what's happening it's almost mm-hmm. like a metaphorical storytelling thing in this they kind of do a similar thing where it's like People are experiencing the scenes and then it flashes to like, there's kind of like the negative image flash and it's like, oh, and then she sees like the old lady looks like a demon. Yeah. And then it looks like there's like all these demonic, or I guess they are just demons, like these little bats flying around literal the church. Literal demons. But it's like maybe not literal though because mm-hmm. of the way that's doing it where it's like maybe she's just imagining it and seeing it. Oh, I read that as very much like they are real in the universe of this movie. And she's seen like the true reality of it maybe. got a vision of yeah. it. Yeah, because like Cody transferred on her somehow just by proximity mm-hmm. or like, <laughs> I don't know, almost dying at the subway. I'm not sure. That moment used to really get me going. I was like, oh. Which one? Yeah, we're defeating the enemy with oh, all yeah. of the demons circling the oh, church. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is it. This is what I've been me. told about. <laughs> so I've always been a creep. I was I was into it. Yeah. And then there's also the elements of Kim Basinger being this skeptical atheist. This is big dumb atheist. We love this. She doesn't we love this. Th- she just doesn't Don't see. Buy she doesn't into believe. It. I'm a modern lady. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And then she just can't deny it because yeah. too many beautiful things are happening. And then she's finally like, God. Yes. Which oh, every Christian loves. And the other great Christian trope of like the uh the detective, the FBI detective who like John was Travis. going to, <laughs> was going to be a priest, you know, but oh, decided yeah. like I'm better serving God. He as said another a way to cop, fight evil. Another way, another way to fight it, he said. Yeah. Like Satan, I guess. Cops famously fighting evil. Ooh, every they day. love to help out. <laughs> <laughs> They're always doing their best. Um, Shout out to Alec Baldwin, who called in light of the recent tragedy for cops to supervise gun safety on films. Alec Baldwin, please, please. Woof. Please stay off, offline. Not good. Um, but uh, but going back, I think to the thing I said before of like every church kind of wants Christians to like be a pastor or a missionary, and if all else fails, you know, like go to work, but like bring God into your vocation. Mm-hmm. This detective just does just that, and he's super effective at it. Yeah, he literally what slams a, dream. a book of the yeah. Bible on his desk. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and he gets visited by little angel janitors and, yes. and guys that like he's like, thank you for. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? <laughs> With his biceps so like many. shining, like Love <laughs> amazing. It. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a hot angel. So good. Mm-hmm. I know. And you know, we've talked about. I recently we talked about. I don't know if you saw Midnight Mass, this uh, show that was recently on Netflix. I started and I then I couldn't. Couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't do get it. into it. Was that like propaganda vibes or why didn't I like it? 
Uh, I don't know what it would be propaganda <laughs> for, no. other than like uh, lack of editing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not propaganda a, for a monologue breaks. culture. <laughs> yeah. I guess. No, I wouldn't say. I, uh, I I think if you were like a uh, a deconstructing person of faith, it was a good show. Yeah, in that way. But anyway, yeah, I think um, it, I think it was really rich. But we talked yeah. about oh. when discussing that show how horror is the only genre of. Fiction entertainment that feels basically religious because of spiritual warfare and the demonic mm. forces mm-hmm. and good and evil. And like that's embodied such, evil. Yeah. And that's such a rich thematic. And people like Stephen King and other similar, like, uh, you know, horror authors use that playground and sandbox a lot to great effect. Midnight Mass used it, I think, to really good effect. And this is something where it just kind of stops at like whatever the first thought of like, yeah, there's like good guys and bad guys right. and they look scary. Well, and, and I think a lot it. of our interest in yeah. that is like a morbid curiosity too of like, oh, and then there's the spiritual warfare. They're mm-hmm. duking it out, you know, and they're making me do these things. Like, it's morbid and it's like a little, it's a little goth, you know, it is a little creepy and or whatever. I am a little to a lot goth. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's also like why this movie, I think someone at the time who was like very Catholic or very Christian would love this because it is like very pro person of faith plus very morbid and, and like very violent, like I said, and mm-hmm. like it kind of scratches both those itches. And Christians famously don't have a problem with violence. Yeah, <laughs> they love violence. They love it. Don't care. It doesn't count. You know, as Braveheart, long as there's no put sex it on the or church bus. bombs. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> like this is a good movie. Or sex bombs. I mean, the bombs. worst. Exactly. <laughs> Tom Jones. Come yeah, on. Right. Uh, yes. So this was something that while watching it, I wasn't sure that. Because I did expect more supernatural, actual horror. And it just felt like kind of a light thriller that just happened to have yes. that in it. And maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah. But it, it was, it really did subvert my expectations of like, I did think this girl was just going to fuck everyone's shit yeah. up the whole, <laughs> you know, two hour runtime. You weren't time. scared when a bunch of chefs filled her bedroom? Chefs? Oh, little chefs, little chefs, yes. The CGI, it's hard to remember. This is 21 (laughs) years ago now, but CGI was better than this, than what it looked like in the movie because it looks very bad. It does look like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of WBCW television. (laughs) I just uh, think the redhead kids were, you know, that holds up. That is terrifying. See, I I, I look past the color of her hair. Listen, I'm saying this as a uh, a product of a fa- a rich history of redheads. Mm-hmm. My son has reddish hair too, so yes, we are you terrifying. Can, can We're a terrifying people. What if he grows up? He's like, Mom, I want to dye my hair. What are you going to do in that scenario? How would you respond to that? Unfortunately, I have done so many alterations <laughs> to my body that are just terrible choices that, you know, I'm, I'm talking specifically about horrible tattoos I've gotten. Oh. I'll just be a cautionary tale as much as I can and hope he makes wise choices. <laughs> like, Do oh, you like this? Because you have that lower back, the lower back tattoo you have that says Creed forever. It's Creed. There's two dolphins <laughs> swimming. Creed will always be in It's style. Scott Stapp riding on two dolphins. <laughs> With dolphins. Creed for life. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely something that I thought would be a little scarier than it actually was. I was like, because I was proud. I was like, okay, I gotta keep the lights on for this. Dexter, come near to me. I'm gonna oh, be a little really? buddy. I'm sorry. I should yeah. have told you it was gonna be. Tame. No, it was. A, it was a, a, a fun kid stuff surprise yeah. to get into. In this is a, way. a kids movie. Yeah, it's a movie for sure kids. About a kid. kids. <laughs> in a way, Ian Holmes showing up and giving yeah. us the rundown of 
What? Oh, finish your sentence. Oh, just a rundown of good and evil and yeah, histiology. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. Bilbo it's like, himself. It's not politically correct to believe in evil or he whatever. He did say it's not politically like, correct damn. to believe in evil, which does feel too of reminiscent of, of uh, you know, contemporary rhetoric yes. on, oh, yeah. on the subject. Um, I was going to ask how you guys feel about Cody. What does Cody do for Cody. you? Cody is the young girl who is yes. the object, the kind of MacGuffin in the movie, if you will. Yes. Um, you know, the whole just tossing around autism in the movie. Don't love that. Felt bad. Felt bad. <laughs> While watching it. Yep. Didn't love it. It's like, is she autistic or simply the chosen one here to save humanity? Because mm. yeah. that's the sort of thing. Like, that was her whole purpose, right? Right. That the satanic Cole was trying to turn her into an object of evil. And she was really this pure thing where it's like she could save homeless men from setting themselves on fire or smoking, mm-hmm. at least in one scene. Um, you know, I thought the little girl actress was good. I liked when she healed that bird. Yeah. Uh, she healed Kim. She took a bullet out of her chest. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. that rolled. That, that was fun. Yeah. Um, but as far as like little kids go, I do enjoy it when it's a little bit creepier. Yeah. Uh, in, in movies like this. I don't think she would have been charismatic enough to inspire a big following, you know? No. She didn't have that X factor, that secret sauce. something. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't it, you know? Um, I just thought it was funny that they just kept saying, like, she was so special. But I was just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Maybe that was, like, supposed to be the <laughs> tension of the movie is, like, we don't know for a while if she's good or bad. It's like the Arrested Development joke. She's so special. <laughs> right, yeah, like is she, she funny? Yeah, I don't know. She's all good. Yeah, and she's I thought like the, the spinning Anna things was like gonna us. mean something else. Like she was eventually gonna have to I don't know, spin, spin a the demon. World. Yeah, like, spin a demon. Or something. No, it was just like her thing, I guess. I love that you both applied every advancement we've had in in these like twenty one years since this movie happened, twenty two years. Mm-hmm. And believing that we would have all of this nuance and all these facets. Like, I remember I watching believe. it and being like, this is the next coming of Christ it's in the form of a little white girl, just like we like. You loved it. it. You loved it when you watched Bouncy it. Bouncy hair. I, yeah, I thought it was symbolic of how Jesus was coming to restore the evil of Hollywood. And I was on I'm my way Cody. to be a part of that. Yeah. I was Cody. It's, I mean, it's, it's humiliating now because did I notice how deplorable the autism comparison was? No. Did I realize like how gross it was to discard of all of these other children and be like, oh, well, at least she survived? No. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's pretty bad in retrospect. I, yeah, this is the first time in a while I've seen a child's dead body in a oh, work of yeah. fiction. Uh, yeah, they did show terrible. that. Maybe the most Gross. gruesome part yeah, of the movie. Terrible. I kind of blocked that out. Very sad. Well, yeah. I'm sorry for bringing it up and being a bummer. <laughs> oh, thanks, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Redheaded child. No, classic, no, it's not like that. That's not why I brought it up. Classic bringing the darkness. Oh, my god. Another thing that I thought was kind of funny was how the, um, you know, the Satanist cult leader is trying to Played get, by Rufus Sewell, yes. who is a good actor. I like him when I see him in stuff. Uh, most recently in Old, The Beach That Makes You Old. Old. He plays the- Great the, in the, Old. It's really, yeah. Really oh, creepy and good, good in Old. I like that guy. He's got um, the eyes going for him. The he, eyes, he works yeah. It. I mean, he has booked so many jobs with those eyes. He's sexy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Jafar syndrome. What cracked yeah. me up was like, he, he knows that Cody is important and he tells people like, I'm going to give her a chance, you know, to choose. But if she doesn't turn evil by this deadline, 
just going to kill her, you know? Mm. Um, and, and I liked that because it was really funny to see him like try to debate with a seven-year-old of like, are you going to choose us or not? And she's like, no. And he's like, damn, <laughs> like, there's nothing I can do about it. And to be like a real cult leader would have brought her into the cult, worked on her for, you know, decades until she was fully like. Yeah, like groomed. And yes, stuff, exactly. Yeah. And like acclimated to all the craziness. And why didn't they just and kill then Kim? make her the leader. Kill Kim. Easy like peasy. she was in the way the whole time. They ha- clearly have no compassion for any human life. Like that she boyfriend needed she to was leave. with was not going to do shit. No. Oh, the guy that left because her TV daughter guy, was yeah. being weird? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was that when she was banging her head against the wall? Yeah, he was out. So she I didn't mean, have anybody If you know, I was, was on a date and, and the girl's daughter was banging her head again, I mean, I would leave. You, you would leave? I would continue dating her, but at that moment, I'd be like, you probably need some space right now. This is probably stressful. Wow. I, yeah. No, but yeah. I would want to be supportive, but, you know, with the right boundaries. Right. Oh, yeah, I don't think this guy that loud that. and clear. I feel like I'm digging a brave. I mean, <laughs> we'll see until I'm in a situation in which I'm dating a woman. I'll take it by a case-by-case Old basis. enough to have a six-year-old daughter who's banging Zest her little Lord. head against the wall. And until then, yeah, I'm going to plead yeah. the fifth on that. I mean, so we, we watched the movie. We're... Coming at it from our perspective in 2021 and sort of like a progressive, maybe even like a deconstructed Christian view of the world. But other people saw the movie without such a view of the world. It's time to get plugged in. Plugging in, plugging in. Oh, that's so loud. I'm so sorry. But yes, <laughs> the good folks are plugged in. The focus on the family branch that does review secular, secular the movies. The critics of the church. The critics, the, your Eberts, your Pauline Kales exactly. I'm of so the evangelical excited. church go through. And of course, this is something in which they catalog the violence, the sexual content, the language, the positive elements. Kisses count. The ne- and kisses do count. We could just, I mean, the the sexual content, pretty slim, pretty slim in this one. Yeah, I don't remember sex. Under sexual no content, sex. it says when Maggie, that's Kim, Kim Basinger, when Maggie asks her promiscuous sister who whose Cody father is, the girl admits that she is rather indiscriminate about her bedfellows. Ew. What a <laughs> whimsical a way. way it, yeah. I'm a bit indiscriminate is about my bedfellows. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I think Wes Anderson <laughs> did a guest stint <laughs> plugged in. A cop uses crass sexual slang to refer to Maggie. Oh, yes, he does. Um, crude or profane language, not quite a dozen instances of profanity, relatively few for an R-rated movie, so they do give them credit for that, but they do include two (gasps) F-words. And then, of course, they do catalog the uh, numerous uh, instances of spiritual content in the movie. They they go and make the leap that Eric Stark, the guy that Rufus Sewell plays, the head of the... Colt, they say the vile Eric Start is never actually referred to as the Antichrist, but he's clearly a high-ranking apostate of hell. Oh my God, so clearly. They're just wow. like, I mean, we can all conclude. We don't want to get lost logically. in the corporate structure, but like, honestly. These yeah. are facts. <laughs> yeah. Stone we can see it, put facts. it together. It is, yeah, it is so <laughs> funny. Um... Yeah, and Cody's presented as an instrumental of the Lord. She's, according to a Reformed cult member, going to lead lots of people, lots of people to God. She also has a compassionate heart, a childlike love for baby Jesus, and the gift of healing. Yeah, because it is like, so is she God? Like, Oh, this was the other thing that I thought was interesting. This reminded me mm-hmm. of like, I I wondered how Christians would react to that because up until this point, the movie mm-hmm. is very, you know, like in line with some standard conservative Christian theology. 
But then to suggest that Cody would be the one to save the world suggests that she's a second messiah. Yeah. And to have women and that's in, a, heretical. in a women in a position of leadership exactly. also heretical. Yes. Yes. Fortunately. <laughs> Hugely. Big no no. Yeah. yeah. I think the women thing actually more than anything. The Messiah's a girl boss? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. So they were drawing a little outside of lines there. Reverend sure. Grissom is only on screen for one scene. That's Ian Holmes' character. But Maggie's visit to the wise priest offers him a chance to say things like, the devil's greatest achievement is to make people believe he doesn't really exist, which mm, is, which is a C.S. Lewis quote, right? Well, I thought it was plagiarized from the usual, the unusual suspects. The Brian Singer, Kevin Spacey movie. It's, it's so the, funny to the list. The usual suspect. I think it's That's the unusual the suspects. That came from. Wait, okay. No, it's the usual suspects. <laughs> yes. I thought it was the unusual suspects. Wait, yeah. Hold on, Kevin. You're living in an alternate dimension. <laughs> okay, let me what see. is happening? The usual. Oh God, I'm stupid. The unusual suspects. God, it's almost like you weren't a frat boy in 2004 <laughs> with that You've poster on us. your wall. I was a frat son. Like this all this time. <laughs> The greatest um, trick the devil ever pulled is convincing the world he didn't exist. Oh, yeah, that quote did exist before the usual suspects. Two wrong <laughs> yes, facts in a row are. from old oh, KTP. We love to believe in other Kevins, but uh, no. Is that a C.S. Lewis? I feel like I've heard it. Well, I mean, there's mm. been a lot attributed to him, but you I know, feel like that's a, that's one of his. This is attributing it to Charles Balderair. Balderair? That's Balder? probably right. Okay. Another Chuck. I want to say, yeah, another Chuck E. Cheese. Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like C.S. Lewis poet. was like, Cooler than that. I don't know if you would have said that. I find it hard to believe. Yeah, yeah that's a little he basic like, for old cool. Clive Stevens, Jack. <laughs> the conclusion of this plugged in uh, review is critics oh, yeah. haven't had many nice things to say about Blessed Child. Granted, it's not a brilliant film, so they were like, yeah, we get it. Uh, but it's refreshing to find an entry in this genre that has had such deep respect for the God of the Bible. So yes. they're saying Blessed Child loves, loves the God, God of the Bible. Yes. We went in expecting stigmata or end of days, but we're pleasantly surprised to see Orthodox Christianity elevated to a gutsy, viral, victorious role. Wow. Uh, Jesus, saying. good. Satan, bad. Man needs divine intervention to battle evil. Hardly the impotent faith usually seen on the big screen. Impotent faith? Yeah, like wow. the Such limp ass. dick faith. <laughs> All the small oh, dick energy. No. Telling word to use, yes. There's hope and bless the child, and there's a sense of power over good and the power of evil that I find stirring. Uh, for that, Chuck Russell and Kathy Cash Spellman deserve applause. Having said that, oh, I can't really recommend the film. Some families may object to the tale's overall creepiness, but... It's the unnecessary gory violence and pointless obscenities. Wow. They're simply inexcusable. Like, we'd Clink love it if they slut. didn't say the F word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The filmmakers. They do have an issue with the violence, though. I'm surprised. They shoot themselves in the foot by alienating the very segment of the population that could make Bless the Child a box office hit. <laughs> Indeed, Christians who might otherwise be uplifted by the pro God. Pro -God Frank Peretti-esque themes. Wow. Won't pay to hear the F Peretti. word or to see a girl lose her head in a graphic fashion. And I don't blame them. Signed, wow. Bob Smithhauser. Thank you, Bob. Thank Bob you, Bob. Bob has his limits. Our Bob is an awesome Bob. Yeah, Bob <laughs> had it. I wonder how Bob, like, you know, reconciles with his conscience at night. You know, when he's seen a movie with sex in it. But he's like, but I did it for plenty. Exactly. You know? so like ultimately, he's doing it's the hard Okay. Work. You know. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that's it. It was a public service. Yeah. It's always like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> Clockwork Orange style. His, his <laughs> eyes are just like, I hate open. this. Little... 
Oh, gosh. Anything else we want to uh, note in the movie before we get to our final thoughts about it? Anything at all? Caroline, you took so many notes about it. I like the music in the movie. I thought the score was kind of good. A nice classical orchestral score, but, you know, otherwise, yeah. uh, nothing Yeah, it much. was really nice music. Yeah, I enjoyed it. it uh, but I think it's time. The way this works, Brenda's, we're going to give it a holy toast or holy roast. Holy toast is a thumbs up. That's when we send this movie to heaven. Where Cody will be reigning as a girl boss forever. Or holy <laughs> roast is when we send it down to where the doctor from old will be residing for oh, eternity. Yeah, wow. uh, or if we're not sure, we can send it to purgatory, which is the space between. And we'll start with Caroline, as per usual. <gasps> triggering me again. Go ahead, Caroline. DMB uh, <laughs> is triggering in a different kind of way. Yeah. Am I going to give this? You know, I'm going to bl- I'm going to bless this mess one more time. I'm going <gasps> to bless this child. I'm going to give it a toast uh, because I love those angels. They were so hot and so helpful. The hot, helpful angels. And that was nice. The greased up hunks. That's how we want to know. That's from how, another world. Yeah, that's how we want to see them. And demons are so ugly looking. Yeah, and small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so interesting. So you equate attractive people and unattractive people with virtue and vice. Whoa. That's interesting. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. So I have to roast it <laughs> in order to be a good person. Because the angels are too hot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Holy roast then. Wow. <laughs> Hotness doesn't equal goodness, and I stand by that. (laughs) All right, Brenda, we turn it to you. I mean, I think hotness is relative. Like, hotness, you know, if you're an angel, it's going to be inherently hot. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Kevin. Hotness. Whoa, whoa. You actually have a really limited view of hotness. <laughs> we just keep zooming and for me out. That like, I was able to see by all you the saying that, you're actually angels. subscribing to an <laughs> yes. outdated norm. I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy toast. Holy, okay. Caroline's <laughs> pulling a Mitt Romney over there and flip flopping all over. The, oh, no, it's John, John Kerry. Kerry. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's right. Press Bush. Okay. I'm going to have to give her uh, a roast because. Wow, the uh, younger you is crying. Mm-hmm. I know. She's Wait, horrified. Profit, Brenda. <laughs> I know. I Yeah, I failed the mission in every way. <laughs> and lost. I got to roast it because of the misunderstanding of whether or not Cody had autism or she was the messiah. Not right. Yeah. That's roastworthy. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. All and, right. And the, I don't know, the the outfits of the, the, um, the Satanists, just too good. Very like Very cool. mid nineties, like Kate Moss, Calvin Klein era. Totally. And to say that's bad is just a sin. Mm-hmm. Agree. That guy with the chain coming from his nose to his ear is cool. It was like he <laughs> I don't care if he was about to stab a kid. <laughs> I don't like that they painted him in that broad brush. Thank you. It was like a dumb guy saw Dune and was trying to do cosplay and <laughs> Like yeah, kind of yeah. ruined it a little bit. Uh-huh. The little tube that goes to and from. Also, Dang. from my redheaded lineage, I would be deeply offended that redheads were just literally demonized. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Stand by your Thank people. you for that. Yeah. Uh, me personally, I mean, listen, it, it's a complicated piece as often <laughs> are the, the pieces that we consider and interrogate on the show. It's rich. It's vibrant. It's alive. It's something I watched over the course of three nights. Oh, man. <laughs> three nights it took. It Ooh. took me too. I made well. it. I made like a three part miniseries. <laughs> yeah. And if it was made today, it would be like some Hulu, like four part miniseries or whatever. It wouldn't be a 65 million. You wish it was a Quibi. 
I wish it was a quibby. <laughs> quick uh, bite. Like the golden arm <laughs> quick bite. <laughs> but you know, I did like the score. I thought Rufus was a nice little villain. It's always nice to see Ian home. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to bless this child. I'm going to mess this child no. and say, holy roast. Mess this child. Dang. <laughs> Dang. All right. And we're sending her goodbye, Cody. <laughs> or, like Cody. Her specifically. Yeah. Oh. So remember when the, uh, the like Mary was crying? In that uh, chapel. Yeah, Cody made a statue of Mother Mary weep. That was crazy. Yeah, that was kind of creepy. That actually was. Yeah. And I'm sad. You know, I love Jimmy Smith. I love when he says good morning to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sings it <laughs> specifically, but so sad for me to see him uh, uh, oh, lower yeah. himself to this. Good morning, Usnavi. Good morning, Usnavi. But we're not the final word. You can give the roaster toast yourself at Christian Fun Pod on our poll. So get out there and Pokemon go to the polls. Guess what? Man, five years this month. I think this it was a, it was Aww. a year ago today that uh, you know we had the car party at the gas station. The with car the car party oh, with yes. the, the dancing and the election results. And yeah, I like that you forgot what he was referring. Well, you to said we, car. like I was there. I was uh, like America. We, oh like yeah, you all represented like this great patchwork uh, quilt came to the corner the of Hollywood and Vine, and Chrissy Teigen drove by. It was Los <laughs> Feliz and Hillhurst, and it wasn't Chrissy Teigen. It was Ellen Pompeo. <laughs> I think Chrissy was there. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, now it's time to bring it down and trigger Brenda a little more with no. the synthy washy no. music. And in here, we're kind of dimming the lights and we're lighting the candles. And Brenda, on other shows, you may plug yourself and promote your projects, but we're not here to do that. We're here to lift them up to God. And uh, we start as usual with Caroline. I am faithfully working day in, day out, at Caroline Sparts, mm. on Twitter, on TikTok on occasion, on Instagram. Um, and this week I'd like to lift up a song that I'm just digging right now. I heard it on SNL at first. It was Right on Time or Brandy Carly? Carlisle. Blandy Carlisle. Did you say Blandy Carlisle? <laughs> <laughs> tell you the wine. That's what happens. <laughs> like half, half an ounce. Uh, Brandy Carlisle who also has a song called Caroline that's a great, great song. And is also in a little movie called A Star is Born. Oh, yeah. She is. She? Remember, they're doing the Roy Orbison tribute concert and Jackson Maine falls oh, down. Oh, my gosh. That's right. <laughs> anyway, it's a good song. I'm lifting that up this week. <clears throat> All right. Uh, thank you, Caroline. We turn it to Brenda. How did you poise that? You said... Um, I'm lifting up, up my... Lift up. Well, yeah. So I... I am working day in and day out <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on myself. <laughs> and I am on YouTube at God is Gray. God is Gray. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Instagram at God is Gray. And On Her Knees, Memoir of a Prayer for Jezebel. Mm-hmm. And I would like to lift up sex education on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That is a good-ass show. And yes. for everyone who doesn't have access to sex education and inclusive knowledge of all different kinds of journeys and sexuality, beautiful. Yeah, that's right up your alley show. in terms of, yeah, your work. Yeah, very happy it exists. Right there. Filling in those gaps. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, thank you, Brenda. I will lift up uh, myself at Kevin T. Porter, Peloton, Letterboxd, <laughs> and OnlyFans. <laughs> I got one. I got one fan on there. Shout out to Johnny. Uh, Only fans. Yeah. All right. Johnny's on there. You're gonna be full time soon enough. Can't wait. I did. I did lower the price from fifteen a month to ten dollars. Ouch. Oh no. Man, I'm sorry. Ask people to split the subscription. Yeah, like Caroline and do, and I do for HBO services. Yeah. Beautiful. It can be accessible to all. And uh, I'll lift up Don John, which Show is feet. much like uh, sex education, a perfect <laughs> look at uh, sexuality. And no, it's it's not, but it's, yeah, it's a movie that exists. Don John, Don John. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, jacking off for like 90 minutes or whatever. Uh, yeah, okay. Now now I feel weird about my ironic lift up of this movie. Don John. Yeah, I'll lift up mashed potatoes. Good it, side. I think we would have been into it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Wait, it's not a timely joke to make about a movie that's eight years old <laughs> that doesn't have a lot of Wait, what <laughs> name was your recognition. Lift up? Mashed potatoes? Yeah, I'll lift up mashed potatoes. Okay. The I love or, yeah. uh, the dance. Both okay. <laughs> at the same time. Uh, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Go to patreon.com slash goodchristianfun for more good Christian fun. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. This month's charity is Feeding America. Brenda, thank you so much for, for being here, Brenda. Being on the show. Thanks for sharing. Thank and joining you. Joining us. And there's nothing left to say except for, okay, okay I, I love, love you. you. Amen. Amen. And let's go out with maybe um, the most meaningful sort of anthem from. Uh, Brenda's childhood and life and the thing that made her believe in God, which is, of course, the song Hanging by a Moment no. by Lifehouse. No. I'm going to need therapy after this. I'm still kind of sad I was never in the Lifehouse skit. Oh, my oh yes, the lighthouse skit. Yeah. Oh, man. Lighthouse. Lifehouse. Oh, yeah. Or lighthouse. It is Lifehouse Either with an one. F. Would have loved to be a part of that. All right. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. And bless your child wherever they may be. <laughs> <laughs> That was a HeadGum Podcast.